It's Shatay here with The Working Dancer, and welcome to Soul Talk. Today we have in the house my friend, Miss Miyoka McBride of Miyoka Pilates. Welcome, Miyoka. Thank you for visiting and popping in and uh, sharing your story. How are you? Hey! <laughs> um, so Miyoka and I danced together. How many years did you do Motown? I only did one year. Was it the one year? Why does it seem like longer? We performed together in a big show in Houston called Dancing in the Street Motown and More Review. It's really big. Um, but was it only one year? I feel like it, it was, was only longer. one year. I and I was glad I got a chance to do it and work with you because I'd always wanted to do it, but it conflicted with uh, my schedule with my company at the time. Uh, so I just went in, had a blast, and and that was it for yeah. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. I had a great time with that too. Okay, so let's jump in. So when did you um, start dancing? I started dancing um, at the age of nine, and um, it was just with my local church um, praise team. People like to call it now liturgical dance. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, it was just praise dancing, and and I was just kind of dancing around, and and my mom saw that it was something that I liked to do, and so she uh, put together a praise dance group at my church. She directed it, and, and that's how I started dancing no formal training just kind of um dancing to to gospel music nice so then you were in praise dance you said that was like nine age of nine nine years old Mm -hmm. so when did you get into like technique or classes uh the first time was when i was in ninth grade i decided to take gymnastics i am not a gymnast nor did i want to be actually through that i realized how how late i was you know i don't think it's a challenge to just jump into being a gymnast. But in that class, I learned, I gained flexibility. I learned basic technique. Um, but at that time, I knew that I really wanted to dance. So that's when I um, was able to join the drill team um, in my 10th grade year in high school. Nice. So mm-hmm. did, did you always know that you wanted to be a professional dancer? Or how did, how did that come I, about? I didn't. I didn't at all. I mean, my brother played football. He's older than me. So when I would go to his football games, I saw the drill team and I knew that I wanted to be on the field. I just, I liked the performance aspect right. of it. Um, I was really shy, but performing to me was, it wasn't the same. I wasn't shy when I performed. And so I never mm-hmm. even at that time knew that being a professional dancer was an option. Even when I went to college, I still, yeah. it was not even on the radar, not even close to being on the radar. That's exactly my story. So I've just danced my whole mm-hmm. life, like my entire yeah. life. Um, and when I was younger, my parents tried to put me in things to make my, my dance training more serious, I guess. Like I was in a serious jazz company and I was in competitions. I did the whole, like literally dance every single day. Um, mm-hmm. But she was like, do you want to go to Ailey? Do you want to do this? And I knew that that wasn't for me, but I didn't know right. how else I could exactly do it. Exactly what, what, what it was, right. yeah. So I got in college and I still didn't even know, hey, you could be a professional dancer. I was just doing stuff. And it wasn't until I got out, because I didn't have cable, so it wasn't like I knew I could be in in videos or anything like that. Um, And it was just like randomly getting out of college, like, hey, I'm going to go to L.A. and see what happens. My story is very similar. So then how did did the career start to shape? Like, when did you say, okay, maybe I'm going to do this for a living? How did that come about? Um, literally in college, um, I went to San Houston State University and there, there aren't a lot of African American dance majors. And so I didn't see a lot of dancers like me, uh, with like an athletic build and, um, I was strong, 
but um, but there weren't a lot of dancers that looked like me. So I didn't know that there was a place for me in the world of dance because mm-hmm. like you, or maybe I didn't even have a lot. It was very limited exposure to the world of dance, like companies like Alvin Ailey or companies where I just saw dancers that looked like me. And so I think one day I was looking on MySpace, if anybody remembers MySpace, <laughs> yes. and I saw a picture of one of the dancers. Her name is Tiffany and Walter Hull. They were on a picture together. And and when I saw that picture, I was like, that's where I want to go. And it was Urban Souls Dance Company. Mm. I reached out to uh, one of my college friends because she was also in the company, got some information and decided to move to Houston after college. And that's when I realized for me, I had two kids. Um, by the time I graduated, I was married with two kids. Now I'm never going back to college because I don't know what's going to happen. If I go back. <laughs> um, and so I needed, I still wanted to dance, but I didn't know how it was going to work for me because I had a family. Mm-hmm. But Urban Souls were very open. It was a very new company at the time. They were open even at the time with me bringing my kids. Sometimes when I needed to, they were very flexible. So for me, I'm very thankful because that's the only way that I was able to pursue a career um, was because of because of that company. That's awesome. So then let's backtrack. So you went to Sam, right? Mm-hmm. And you said when you were there, there weren't a lot of African-American dancers. By the mm-hmm. time I had gotten there in grad school, though, so what years were you there? I graduated in 2007, so I was there between 2002 and I graduated in 2007. I'd taken a year off when I had my first son. Okay, so then I was <laughs> I started in 2012 for grad school there mm-hmm. and finished in 2014. So by the time I was there, it was mm-hmm. a, a flourishing population of... <laughs> in the of program. A, yeah, which, was, which program. was great. So then if you... How did you know then to go to school for dance, for, to college, if if it wasn't on your radar to do it for a career? Um, at the time I knew about, they had a palm squad there and so I did audition, but I didn't audition for the palm squad whenever it was the official. I think they had another audition because, um, one of the girls couldn't do it. So they needed to find someone fast. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do it. I made it to the callbacks and I didn't make it. But after that, I was like, well, I I think this is something I want to do, but I didn't think I could do it because I wasn't, I had done drill team, but we all know drill team and concert ensemble dancer, two totally Absolutely. different things. It's not the same. So I didn't even know I could do it, but my ex-husband at the time, uh, <laughs> he's the one that encouraged, you know, everybody's your life for a purpose. Yeah. But he's the one that encouraged me and pushed me to go. And thank God, at the time, Sam Houston didn't have auditions to get into the program. They okay. do now. Absolutely. But they did not at the time. So all you had to do was want to major. And so I was able to get into the program, thankfully, at the time, and, uh, and and from there, that's just where I was able to really train. Nice. And so then walk me through what happened after you graduated. Did you, so now, we, we haven't shared this yet, but Mioka um, is over a company at Lamar High School in Houston, right? Still there uh-huh. in the dance department. Yes. So she's the director uh-huh. of dance there. Um, so how did you go from college to then now being in the school system teaching dance? Um, when I got out of college, I, um, was like any other, you know, you get out of college, you're like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Like I have this degree now, what am I going to do? Um, and like I said, I couldn't move to New York or be a professional dancer. I had a family. So obviously the next track was to become a dance teacher. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm really thankful to this day because at the time they had a website, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, they don't have it anymore where, uh, dance directors could list uh, positions in the district. So I went there and, uh, Sarah Wilson was looking for a maternity sub at Lamar high school. 
And I went there, got the position as her maternity sub. Everything went really, really well. Um, I loved the school. I loved the program because they had a concert ensemble, mm -hmm. um, a company there, and along with the drill team. And so at the time, they already had two positions. I spoke with the principal. He told me, he said, we don't have space for another dance teacher, a third dance teacher, but maybe you should consider uh, getting certified to work with special needs children. Hmm. Mind you, that's not what I want to do. Right. I think it's a great thing for those who do it, but I was like, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to. I want to teach dance. Right. But thankfully, um, at the end of the summer, he called me in for an interview, and they opened up a third dance position for me. That's and it awesome. was just because I was able to become a maternity sub and get my foot in the door. That's great. That's, that was the transition. And you've been there ever since. I've been there ever since. So did you ever go and do the the special needs certification? Did you no. Ever? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't. I mean, you when you when you have a goal or something, you, you just have to stick to it. Right. And that was just way off course for me. You right. know. Mm -mm. No. Go ahead, girl. I love that. <laughs> so then for you, I'm just trying to make sure I get this right. So for you, you started dancing. Um, you said nine was praise dance. A little bit later, you started with technique. Then in high school, drill team, right? Then you go to college, major in dance. And then you start dancing at Lamar and you also start performing with Urban Souls, which is a great company in Houston, right? So would you say most of your performance jobs have been with the company or have you done any type of like freelance performance work or anything like that i did a bit of freelance work i was with uh, urban souls for four seasons oh, and then no, after no, no. that i did a bit of freelance work but most of my performance um i guess experience came from dancing with urban souls gotcha gotcha i love that okay. in the professional world of dance yeah. <laughs> right so would you still consider yourself a professional dancer would you say that I'm okay with saying no. Really? I'm okay with saying I'm not a professional dancer. I, I, um, my life is taking a different direction. You know, with being a professional dancer, we all know the great time is being on stage. But before you even hit the stage, there's a lot of, you know, rehearsal time and training. Yes. You, I believe you got to take care of your body. You got to uphold a dancer body. Right. And so... For that reason, I don't call myself a professional dancer, and I'm okay with that because I know what being a professional dancer looks like and what it takes. And am I doing that now? No, no, not at all. And my life is just taking a totally different course, and, and I'm okay with saying I'm not a professional dancer. I got pictures to prove that I have been on stage, and mm. I'm okay with that. Okay, I like that. I like that. So your story is really interesting because you always, because of your family, had an end goal in mind. You always knew that your dancing or performance while you were doing it had to provide for you, right? It had to be. Right. You had to have stability. If it ain't making dollars, it ain't making sense. <laughs> That's right. So then in that way, you've been really fortunate because, you know, a lot of dancers, they come out and they're just looking, they're going from gig to gig to gig to gig, trying to make ends meet. And, you know, then they're right. starving artists. So you kind of were able to avoid all of that in your dance career, which I think is, is really, really cool. So would you say... Thinking about your performance career, would you say that you had a big break? Like, you know how um, some people say, oh, this job was like, this is when I knew I made it type of feel. <laughs> I, I will say it wasn't a it was a, a it was a transition that I really appreciated because I if you would have asked me if I ever would have thought I would have danced on the Wortham stage. Or if I ever would have thought I would be in New York and step on a flyer with me on it, 
I don't know why it was on the ground. It don't matter. <laughs> but if you ever would have asked me if I would have ever danced in the Ailey Theater or performed in Virginia, those were the opportunities that I had. Um, I would I would have said no. So I can't say that I had a, a big break, but I, I had an amazing opportunity to do something that I never thought I would ever, ever do. That's great. I think that's amazing. So then let's segue into what you're doing now. How did dance lead you into... First of all, tell us what you're doing now, and then maybe tell us how dance was the, <laughs> the segue. Well, of course, you know, I'm still teaching. I'm still the director of Lamar Dance Theater, which is the resident dance company at Lamar High School here in Houston. And then um, I also am a Pilates certified, and I use that with my uh, dance conditioning. So I train dancers how to become stronger dancers, how to have longevity in career as a dancer to avoid injuries and become aware because I realized starting off so early, um, you see a lot of dancers, they're, they're just dancing, but they don't really have a, an awareness of their body. And my biggest thing is if you understand your body and you're aware of your body, you can do anything. You can mm -hmm. do anything. And I think that was my strongest gift was that I was strong and I knew my body. So although I may not have known everything, if you taught me, I could pick it up quickly. Right. And so that is, that's my new thing now. I just want to help dancers become stronger and understand their bodies and have more longevity in their careers. So I just really enjoy training dancers and I get to teach dance and I get to train dancers and that's good for me. I still feel like I'm successful that I get to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I love that. And you know what? Speaking of dancers in their bodies, it just made me think of this thought. You see all of these contemporary tricks these days and people are like landing on their knees or when it comes to like rolling uh -huh. and whacking and they're doing those death drops. And I'm just so nervous <laughs> about yeah. people's knees. And there's like an a, a, like amazing amount of injuries. Um, I did a survey recently and I was asking people, you know, what's been your challenge as far as your dance career? You know, a lot of people said finding jobs or getting money, but there were like a lot of responses about injuries, how to right. work past injuries. And I think it's maybe because we're trying to do all these virtuosic, you know, skills, mm -hmm. these amazing tricks, and then I not agree. mindful that you have to, you have to sustain, like, this is, this is how we make money, right? Our bodies and right. so you have to sustain that. I don't think a lot of dancers are mindful of that no, they're not a lot and you know what i have to say that um if the dancers our jobs as educators are really to educate our students and so if i'm seeing young dancers and new dancers with um those type of injuries or chronic injuries already so young then it goes back to the direction the director mm. and it's our job to educate our dancers how to have longevity I think the tricks are fun and great. They look good. Am I doing tricks anymore? You will no. not find me doing any tricks. Like, I'm right. not landing on my knees. Me either. And I, I don't care to anymore. Right. I don't have to. But but is it our job to educate those dancers? Absolutely, because they, they shouldn't be experiencing that many injuries. You know, they just shouldn't. I completely so. agree. So then now take us into your currently directing still at Lamar. So then mm -hmm. t move us into how Mioka Pilates came about. Um, when I was in college, one of the professors, his wife was uh, working towards her Pilates certification. Betty. And in order to get your Pilates certification, you have to have X amount of hours training on another body. So she needed dancers and I, um, I volunteered to do it. So I would go meet with her in the mornings and she would train me in Pilates and the stuff seems simplistic at the time but what really made me fall in love with it was uh in ballet and the ballet teacher walked up to me and she was like you know Mioka, something's different she said the way you're using your body something's different but she didn't know that i had been 
taking those uh, Pilates training classes with the, the instructor. It was Betty. Yeah. <laughs> so she didn't know that I had been doing that. Yeah. And that's that's when I fell in love with Pilates, working with Betty and getting that training. And that's when I realized how beneficial it is for, I mean, for it's beneficial for anyone, but for dancers. Nice. Shout out to Betty Nicolay. Shout out to Betty. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. They're great. Okay. And so you have your own Pilates business or how does, how does this work? Yes, I literally got my certification and when I was getting it, I already knew that I wanted to take it and run. Because I have kids, um, I I can't work anywhere. I already have a full-time job and, I, and it's time consuming for me to go to a studio and work. Also, and this is good for some people, but like I said, I have a family to support. So I can go to a studio and I can work and they can pay me $25 an hour, $30 an hour. Or I can train my own clients yes. and, and hire. So I was like, I need my own schedule, I need my own time. So when I got my certification, I already knew that I was going to take it and like run. And as soon as I got that certification, Milka Pilates was birthed. I love that. Absolutely. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. You're talking about creating your own opportunities, creating your own wealth, because a lot of times dancers, it's something else I talk about on The Working Dancer often, is about knowing our worth, right? Um, a right, lot of people absolutely. are just looking for jobs, looking for gigs, or a lot of people will just work for exposure, which I'm like, nah, bro, like, why would you do that? Like, how are you going to sustain your own livelihood if you are always exactly. giving away your services, your time, and your talents for free, right? right. So I And love- if you don't care about it for yourself, think about the world of dance as a whole, you know? Even with my young dancers in high school, when they get out of high school and they come back, I pay them. I don't care if I ask them to come back. It's obviously for a reason. I don't. I can't pay them much out of our budget, but I pay them something because they need to understand if they're offering a service, mm-hmm. they need to get paid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You just. I mean, you just Absolutely. have to. Absolutely. Completely. One hundred percent agree. So you um, offer Pilates classes, or you just kind of. I offer private sessions i do private sessions with the, just the open population mm-hmm. and then i do offer a specialized training dance conditioning which is pilates based um i do have a class that i created called unleash mm-hmm. uh, which is 30 minutes of kickboxing followed by 30 minutes of crazy pilates on the mat um and, and those are my two main focuses right now dance con- or three dance conditioning private sessions and my unleash class I need to come take that Unleashed class. Like, I feel a little intimidated. <laughs> I feel a little intimidated because, I I mean, I, I need to stop saying this because I know it's just about how I'm thinking about it, but I just don't like working out. I'm just not a fan of it. I, I will dance all day, every day instead of working out, right? Um, so even just the sound of that makes me be like, oh, Lord, she's going to make me die. But I'm, I'm willing to try it out. I'm definitely willing to try it out. Okay. Yeah, so is that the only component of your business is Pilates? You have some products? Yeah. Are you saying? I have. Um, I'm also um, a distributor with It Works Global, which is an MLM, or most people may know it as network marketing, mm-hmm. which people think are total scams. Um, I thought it was too. I can't even. I can't even lie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was too, but it's not. Right. I joined the company in 2014, um, and they're great products. We have skincare line, uh, body contouring weight loss products, and then health and wellness products. So along with my business, I'm able to offer people products to help them with their goals, whatever they are. I think that's great. So, mm-hmm. and that's the way to make millions. You got to have multiple streams. You know what I'm saying? You can't just multiple have it. Multiple streams of income. <laughs> you Absolutely. can't have it just come from one card. Why have one card when you can pull money from 
money from four cards. Exactly. You, know? you better teach them, honey. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then um, out of everything that you're doing, um, from so getting a degree, you perform for a little while, company director, own Pilates business, and a distributor, what do you feel like of all of that, e either separately or collectively, what has been like your big biggest obstacle in creating this career that you have? Um, well, for me, um, I think the biggest obstacle was realizing that when you're building a business, it takes patience and consistency. Um, I don't know. A lot of people are just, they want quick satisfaction. Yeah. And when I started Milka Pilates, I thought that I was going to start Milka Pilates and then everybody was going <laughs> to come and take my class. I was going to have a hundred people in my class and people waiting outside the door <laughs> trying to get in and there was one person in my class. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I could have quit. Mm -hmm. I really could have quit because I was like, oh, it's one person here. And it took a lot of uh, support for me to realize and learn more about business that when you start a business, it's awesome if you have people knocking down your doors. But in most cases, that's not going to be the case. It takes time to build a business. And people normally opt out in three years. And there have been so many times where I've just really wanted to opt out. But... The flip side to that that I realize is that I can opt out, but if I do, I have to be okay with my life as it is, mm. and I'm not. Mm -hmm. So if I continue to build and not give up and keep moving forward, five years from now, I'll be in a different place if I just don't quit. So the biggest challenge has been stick, just sticking with it and not throwing it away. You, you know? better preach, uh, Miyoka, over here. <laughs> I love that. Girl. That's amazing. So then I think that's great wisdom. So what would you tell either an aspiring dancer, maybe somebody who was just out of college, you know, trying to figure out what's next for them or um, even just a younger you? Like what what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone? Um, it could be about their dance career as a whole or just I know I just said a lot of words. How about this? <laughs> OK, so a piece of advice to help or educate a dancer about creating a sustainable career? Because that's the whole point of these podcasts, right? Is just to share how other working dancers are creating a career over a long period of time, um, a lifestyle that affords them, you know, not to be a starving artist. So how would you, what advice would you give someone regarding that? It goes back to what we said before. This is something I wish I would have known right off. Um, and it, it has more than one component, but that is truly knowing your worth. Mm. Whatever it is that you're good at, become great at it. It may mean that you have to do research. It may mean that you have to put in extra work. It may mean you have to be, have to become stronger at it, mm -hmm. but you have to know your worth because there were times when I first started that someone would ask, you know, well, how much do you charge to teach? And I'd be like, well, how much can you afford? Or, mm. um, you know, just whatever, whatever you can afford. But now I'll look you straight in your eyes and say a um, hundred for an hour, mm -hmm. you know, and you have to be able to know your work to be able to say that I may not um, have danced in New York where I have, but I may not be those top names. But I mean, Shatay, if you watch those classes with those people, aren't we doing the same thing? Yes. Aren't, yeah, we, yeah. aren't we really doing the same <laughs> yes. thing? I can provide the same sort of class and energy and, and, and all, you know, what I can give as any of those people. So if you want me, you can pay me. Mm. And if you don't want to pay me, 
I'm going to go back to sleep because I'm tired. You know, it's okay. Yes. Yes. But you have to know your worth. Amen to that, honey. And I actually just, in my last, I don't know, for some reason, this this thing keeps coming up um, with people that I interview. The last guest that I had is Trisha Gomez out of LA, and she's had like, she has like four dance businesses and she does studios and she just has her hands in a lot of great things. Speaking of special needs, she actually has a program to certify instructors to teach special needs and they kind of use dance nice. as a vehicle for that. But we were talking uh-huh. about that same thing and I was saying, well, we don't know what to charge as dancers starting out because no one tells us what to charge. You know what I mean? No what? one or no one tells us how to go about figuring that out. We get an agent and maybe the agent sets the fees and then they take their cut and then we're happy to get a check. But if someone just right. comes up to us and says, hey, let me, mm-hmm. you know, can you help me with this? No one has ever, prior to us entering the workforce, sat us down and said, hey, you could go about setting your rates like this. Or this is how much, you know, the going rate for this type of service is. Or no one's taught us that. So we've had to find it on our own. Those of us who are fortunate enough, figure it out. Right. Or driven right. enough, figure it out. And then there's others that are just their whole lives. And I think- that's great while you're doing what you're doing because you can set a standard for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I will call and ask, um, because what I I know when I set my rates, I just checked the local market Mm -hmm. and I checked to see what they were doing. And I say, well, this is what they're charging. This is what they have. So this is what I have. This is what I can offer. And then I would base a price that felt good for me. You know, you know, that saying like, uh, I forgot what model it was. It says she wouldn't even get out of her bed for X amount of money. What's worth, forget anything else, what's worth your time? Yeah. What's worth your time? If I'm working with a group and I know they just really can't afford it, I'm still going to work with them. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to give back. Right. But what's worth your time? And when I deal with artists, if I bring someone into my school, I say, what's worth your time? Mm-hmm. What's worth your time? We can't afford a lot my school, but what's worth your time to even come here? You know, that's the respectful thing. And I just call other artists. I, I could call you. Mm-hmm. I call other artists and I say, hey, how much are you charging for this? Mm -hmm. You know, just so I can stay with the trend, you know. And I think dancers, we need to come together and we need to take that trend up a little bit. Yes, say it again, because we are, as of now, one of the lowest paid art forms for reasons like that. Because we accept free gigs, we don't know what to charge, you know, or we're taking, we're working gig to gig to gig. There's no, like, stable... You know what I mean? There's so much that we could be doing to change that. And I know it's not going to happen overnight, but I think conversations like these, people like us, um, you know, spreading the word will help us out, hopefully in the long run. But yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So how can people connect with you? Um, you can hit me up on Facebook, Mioka Pilates. There's not many other Miokas in the world. So <laughs> Mioka Pilates, that's M-E-O-K-A. I'm also on Instagram at Mioka Pilates. Okay. Uh, my website is www.miokapilates. <laughs> you can find me on YouTube at Mioka yes. Pilates. Google Mioka Pilates. I love that. Consistent <laughs> branding for you right there. Love that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you hear Mioka Pilates, it's all you. <laughs> I love that, Mioka. So I am just, I want to congratulate you on everything that you're doing. I think it's amazing. I love um, i love how far you're going and what you're doing. And I actually love that dance is still in the mix, even though you're not calling yourself a professional dancer anymore. You still yeah, right. are a dancer first, and now you have, you know, all of these other businesses on top of that. So I think it's great, and congratulations. Well, and I hope we um, will work together sometime in the future again. I hope so. I love that. 
Well, well I appreciate you for this time, and I love I love what you're doing. Thank so you. I can't wait to see how this blows up in the next few years. So. Thank you so much, Mioka. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. So, listeners, you will have all of Mioka's social media handles, all of her websites. Um, and if you don't take away anything else from this conversation, take away Know Your Worth and Mioka Pilates. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, other than that, um, thank you again, Mioka, for coming on. Um, and until next time, happy dancing, folks. Bye. Bye.